0: You're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, I'm Koroi Hawkins. Coming up today...
1: Our prospects for recovery are much firmer compared to last year when our assessments pointed to a possible recovery but subject to downside risk.
0: We take a look at the Asian Development Bank's economic outlook for the Pacific region.
2: We see a lot of things happening concerning the country. that does not look good for the future of this country.
0: A PNG advocacy group demands harsher penalties for corruption... And
3: now, as a woman, as a mother, I have so many worries and
0: concerns for this family. We turn to Solomon Islands' first female provincial premier, who's seeking to transform old mindsets. <music> the Asian Development Bank is forecasting a return to growth this year for the Pacific economies, after two years of recession caused by the pandemic. In its flagship economic publication, the Asian Development Outlook, the bank credits the positive news to increasingly high vaccination rates around the region and the reopening of some borders. Joining me is one of the report's authors, Romel Rabanal, who is an economist from the ADB's Pacific Department. Bula and welcome on Pacific Waves, Romel. Let's start with how the Pacific economies are faring in general this year.
1: Yep. Uh, so we just released the, the Asian Development Outlook 2022 and ADB's latest outlook for the Pacific shows that it has uh, turned a corner towards recovery with GDP growth projected to resume at an average of about 3.9% in 2022 and then accelerating to 5.4% in 2023. Our prospects are for recovery are much firmer compared to last year when our assessments pointed to a possible recovery but subject to downside risk, which as we know did eventuate with, with uh, outbreaks of uh, Delta and Omicron that delayed recovery. Um, nearly all of the Pacific economies are projected to register growth in 2022, led by the tourism-driven uh, economies of, such as the F- Fiji, Cook Islands, and Palau, which have all reopened their respective borders to international tourists in recent months. Um, Papua New Guinea, the re- region's largest economy, is also expected to post an acceleration in growth with a rebound in mining activity. However, um, uh, there, there are further economic contractions are projected for the Solomon Islands due to the impacts of uh, COVID-19 and resulting containment, containment measures, as well as for Tonga because of the, the impacts of the January undersea um, volcano and subsequent tsunami.
0: COVID-19, how much with, with the sort of 2020, 2021 and now 2022, what's the change we're seeing across the start of the pandemic to where we are now?
1: Thanks. So that, that, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Uh, it is important to note that the Pacific is just about to emerge from its most severe economic shock. I mean, COVID nineteen uh, restrictions uh, resulted in an average economic contraction of about six percent in twenty twenty, and then another in twenty twenty about ten of our our, our Pacific uh, economies contracted. Uh, And then this was followed by a further contraction of about 0.6% in 2021, wherein eight of our Pacific uh, members uh, saw a second year of economic contraction. So so, so this uh, type of deep um, uh, economic shock uh, means that recovery will will be a bit drawn out. Uh, our projections show that uh, not all Pacific DMCs can le- can uh, return to their pre-pandemic level of GDP even by t- 2023. So uh, the, that that's the main uh, the the main challenge. Uh, but but moving ahead, I think 2022 uh, the, the outlook is firmer ma- mainly because uh, of uh, good but still uneven um, e- uh, vaccination progress uh, across the region. So uh, the countries that have had uh, good uh, Vaccination pro- progress have been able to uh, open up at least gradually and then test out uh, if tourism can come back uh, on a sustainable basis.
0: Now we've also had the invasion of Ukraine by Russia that's had impacts. So what are the impacts that have been felt in the Pacific? Yes. Uh, so the
1: Russian invasion of Ukraine um, had some mostly indirect impacts uh, at this point because uh, there are limited direct linkages between the Pacific and, say, the Euro area and, and Russia. So uh, there are although there are some small exports, small share of exports from PNG and Solomon Islands to the Euro area and a small share of tourists, maybe about four to seven percent come from the from Europe. into areas like the uh, destinations like the Cook Islands, Fiji, Palau, Vanuatu. But most of the impacts will be through uh, elevated uh, commodity prices. Um, As we know, any uh, periods of uh, elevated oil prices tend to have an outsized impact on consumer prices in the Pacific. This reflects um, compounding impacts through transport costs uh, to the remote islands, but but also uh, the the economy's uh, dependence on, on imported commodities, including food and fuel. Um, so uh, our forecast for this is uh, inflation, inflation to uh, rise sharply to about an average of 5.9% in 2022 because of these impacts uh, coming from a period of uh, somewhat low inflation over the past few years. Um, inflation is uh, forecast to fall back uh, slightly to 4.7% in 2023, as hopefully Commodity prices uh, normalize and, and st- stabilize. Um, that said, th- those inflation forecasts are about one percentage point higher than what they would have been without the without the spike in oil prices because of the the ongoing conflict. The main impacts uh, through inflation, of course, it it it, it also poses a risk. Uh, to, to, to recovery, to growth uh, with, with its impacts on, on reducing um, purchasing power and uh, eventually consume, consumer spending. So we're monitoring that closely.
0: What is the advice for Pacific governments and, and bilateral partners and donor agencies? What What is helpful, I guess, at this point of time in terms of this um, emergence as it is from COVID with their economic recoveries across the pacific um, means to reinforce that recovery
1: will, will, will be needed uh, long term reform for example in, ter- in terms of fiscal consolidation so some some uh, some progress in in mobilizing more domestic sources of revenue uh, will be helpful to 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 make sure that recovery is sustainable also at the same time on the expenditure side some judicious um, Winding uh, back of, of uh, temporary support measures will be in order in, in the near to, near to medium term, just so the, we we can re- return to a more sustainable fiscal path. Of course, uh, debt levels in some countries uh, have have increased, so so fiscal consolidation can can help moderate those and bring those da- down over the medium to long term. And uh, as we discussed earlier, the inflationary pressures I think need careful uh, monitoring at this stage to make sure that it doesn't uh, undercut the recovery that it's that's already underway. <laughs>
0: An advocacy group in Papua New Guinea is questioning whether the country's leaders who are censured under the leadership code should instead face life in prison. Papua New Guineans head to the polls in June and the group Save Our Futures is appealing to political parties to think about changes and, among other things, how to deal with resource management and corruption. Don Wiseman spoke with the group's leader, PNG activist Noel Anjo-Koloa, who started by explaining the genesis of Save Our Futures.
2: We have named it Save the Future because we see a lot of things happening concerning the country that does not look good for the future of this country.
0: What are these things? What needs to be saved?
2: Therefore, we are trying to uh, propose some uh, policies, policies like providing way of solutions or alternative policies in line with the Prime Minister's slogan, Take Back PNG, before the uh, elections... Uh, We're trying to uh, propose this to the government. It's open information to the government, the opposition, any political parties to adopt our uh, solutions that we're trying to provide.
0: When you say you're borrowing the slogan from um, James Murape, you're not allied with James Murape in any way. You're independent of all political parties. We are not borrowing the Prime Minister's slogan, take
2: back PNG. When we talk about take back PNG, we should have a blueprint in place.
0: One of the specifics... About what it is you want to do.
2: The first thing is to talk about corruption. The Papua New Guinea is seen as a corrupt country. And one of the policies that we are trying to uh, propose to the government is to amend uh, the leadership codec. So, to fight against corruption from the top level, the is sort of like a suspension and the leaders who go there the MPs the leaders are suspended for is to dismiss from office and the second penalty is to pay a court fine if the evidence before the tribunals is that uh, if their uh, leader fails to submit the acquittals on time and if the evidence are uh, not that serious then then to pay fine 500 kina only and uh, if they've misused uh, millions of kina uh, corrupted uh, millions of kina or then they can pay uh, one thousand kina per a uh, charge. Even they misuse millions of kina, but five year gives them uh, only one thousand kina per charge, which is unfair and injustice to ordinary citizens. When ordinary citizens are found uh, just for littering, and the government has passed a law to punish uh, those who litter and provide avenues for corrupt leaders to escape. So, Lucy, we have two sets of law in this country. So, under the Leadership Code Act, uh, leaders cannot be arrested. They cannot be arrested and charged, and And, uh, under, under the Leadership Code, MPs cannot be sentenced to jail. funds, DSIP funds and CSIP funds because they know very well that leadership code is a escape route for corrupt leaders so they can, you know, escape. Your people
0: are not standing in the election. It sounds like you know, perhaps okay. you should be.
2: Like this group uh, that save the future is made up of uh, academics from the University of Papua New Guinea, from the medical faculty, trade union representatives, NGOs, and it's made out of intellectuals from all walks of life uh, and all institutions Institutions and different things. Uh, so I'm a p- public figure. I mean, as an activist, like I'm involved in the awareness uh, part of it, but putting policies and all these things. You know, it's it's a contribution of uh, like-minded people
0: representing different, stakeholders uh, institutions. All right. The election's pretty close. What sort of support are you getting out there?
2: Our main aim is to propose this to the government and the uh, and the opposition, and it's open to Part is to adopt four or five of the main uh, policies that we are trying to propose. If we want to fight against corruption from the top level, a leadership court has to be amended. And uh, if leaders are found guilty of misusing public funds, then we are to propose that the debt law has to be amended and leaders should be sentenced to life imprisonment.
0: female premier of a province in Solomon Islands, plans to focus on environmental and women's issues. Rhoda Sikilabu makes history as the new premier for Isabel province and hopes to bring changes to her region as well as to transform old mindsets. She spoke with RNZ Pacific's Elisha Foon about what she hopes to achieve in the new role and why she's calling on the New Zealand Prime Minister to help.
3: Being elected to the position um, like in a multicultural nation like the Solomon Islands. It's something that I regard is an honor for the country, to the women, and for the history of the Solomon Islands. But then it goes back to like what I term it as, it's, it's a mystery and the wonders of how the only female in the political level of Isabel can die so hard to win the heart of all the, the male political leaders that they give this opportunity to give way for a woman to, to become the, the first premier of the country and the first premier of Santa Isabel. Why did they choose you and what do you bring to the role? Maybe they have seen the, the profound leadership that I have led throughout the past 16 years and the confidence that I have and the capability that I have shown to the province, maybe they have believed that I can lead, that I can manage, that I can look after Isabel, that I can uh, address some issues for the province. So maybe that trust and confidence they have seen in me, maybe that's the reason why we have all male political leaders giving a chance, an opportunity for a woman to be in that position in the highest level of... in the province of Isabel in the Solomon Islands. You mentioned the province has issues. What are those issues? Maybe some developments that have never been addressed that I would like to, to look into is the logging industry. The, the province of Isabel is logged over and our leaders in the province are not looking at it seriously and I really have to work hard to put back those trees. So reforestation is one of the priorities that I will tackle during this remaining year of my political leadership. I am concerned too, and I would like to impact more on our environment. Like we have these um, conservation areas serving the inheritance of conserving, the inheritance of Isabel, like um, the anemones. And also, there are other areas that I would like to see it conserved because the women are landowners, but they are not having their own uh, say in those areas of ownership. So being in this area, maybe I can impact more on how women can address or say more on their property, their land, their ownership. The environment is very, very important to the women now. Maybe we can work together with the women, on how they can have a say
0: upfront in
3: regards to their resources.
0: How are you coping with the outbreak of COVID-19 in Isabel province? What do you need?
3: Looking at ways, how can we tap more revenues? We're looking at how can we stop the spread of this virus? And it's costing us, it's it's a lot of money. I really, really need support, Alicia. And I would like to meet those uh, heads who can really support me with COVID and our infrastructure. We need some improvement to our incubation centers. We have about four centers that normally the ships and boats come in with passengers. We make our test swabs in those four areas and we have loads of passengers offloaded and we have no place to incubate and isolate these people. It is it is something new and it comes as a shock. And I, as a woman, as a mother, I have so many worries and concerns for these families of with their babies and their children. And I really, really need support in COVID and health infrastructures, Elisa. Please, please, I would like to appeal to a uh, Prime Minister Women, uh, those women leaders out there. We need infrastructure. For isolation, that is the most importance because we have offloaded so many children and families at the wharf, and we just put them in places that it's not so human for them to stay. We have children also positive. We have families positive. So sometimes we have the mother and maybe four or five children traveling with them on the boat, going to Honera or coming back from Honera offloaded and they're stranded in the centers like Boala. I really target this for Miss Adden, and I plan to support the Isabel province in the Solomon Islands. Being in this position, it is very, very rare. It is one very special history that I make, but then it doesn't come so easy. I have earned long years of journey to gain this recognition in the hope that this is one area that I target is being the first woman is breaking through to the world for the donors to really appreciate equality for women I have shown to look at my prime needs one is the COVID and the health area
0: That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Looking mufala next time more.